Yo, sup dogs. Uh, that's what I'm going to call my readers. My readers? I'm new to this. My listeners, that's what it is. Uh, listeners. I'm going to call my listeners dogs. Ugh, God. Sometimes you should really, you should, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to just like, just, you know, off the cup, just loosey-goosey, just improvise your way through these uh, intros. And when you don't, when you do that, when you don't write things down, you start out by saying, yo, dogs, and it's not great. It just gets just downhill from there. So that's not great. Anyways, the point is, my name's Steve Bazelone, and you're listening to my podcast, Hell Novel, another podcast. But this one's pretty good, I think. Anyways, it's called Terribly Funny. It's where uh, funny people talk about genuinely, ter- genuinely terrible things that have happened in their lives. Uh, today we have a great guest, one of my very old friends. His name is Justin Willman. He used to go by the stage name of Just Incredible. Bonkers name, right? But it makes sense when you find out that he's a magician. Oh yeah, and actually he's, uh, I know there's a, perhaps a, a, a Job Arrested Development-like stigma to magicians, but this guy's legit really good. Uh, so much so that I've taken a bunch of my you know, kind of cynical uh, fellow comedy writer assholes to go see him in shows, and they've been judgmental, as like like I am, and after the show, they leave with the wonderment of a child in their eyes, thinking that magic is real, because he's he's darn good. He's also really funny. He's had, um, he's had specials on Comedy Central. He used to be the host of Cupcake Wars, and he's an all-around uh, groovy dude. So let's see what he has to say. Stick around, everybody. Terribly funny. Let's do it. I'm talking about is that the guy's like half a mask because his face is like kind of blown off or something. Yeah, another vibe, but I've just seen <clears throat> pictures of that guy. And... Is this that classic podcast pre banter that I hear so much yeah, it's, about? Yeah, it's a pre banter. It's just, <laughs> just, you know, just like we warm up to shit. I like it. Yeah, we just we ease our way in. We have our Negro Modellos. We chit, we chat. We have dogs roaming about. Yeah, it's fine. A fiance sitting at the table with headphones on, not hearing anything about what we're talking That's about. That's great. That's best. She can't hear anything, can she? Now is the time when I tell you this is about like all the women you've slept with. That's what this podcast is really about. That's what it's about. called. It's yeah. called All the Women You've yeah, Slept With. Yeah, yeah, and there's a feed directly into her. <laughs> so. Oh, she's not reacting. Mm-hmm. Um, I informed her to do it just as such. You know what's really interesting, sad, and great is that I think that like having a podcast is mm-hmm. one of the rare times when you live in LA that you actually get to sit down and have a meaningful conversation with somebody who is a good friend that you just don't see that much anymore. Isn't that a fucked up thing? Right? Like, I mean, we've known each other for 16 years. Wow. 16. Yeah. 99. Wow. I think we became, became closer in like 2000, 2001-ish. Yes. But I definitely met you like freshman year. Yeah, this is true. Um, we went to Emerson College. Emerson College. In Lavender Lines. Um, but no, but like it, that is a fucked up thing that like how, when was the last time you and I like actually sat and chatted? I don't know. Every time I see you at a party or something, uh, we should hang it's out. Always like, let's catch up. I love you, buddy. Yeah. Why don't, yeah. Let's hang out. And, and then when does that happen? It doesn't happen. It doesn't enough. happen. At all. Yeah. Oh, well, um, you're a busy guy. We're I'm a busy-ish busy, guy. But it's, it's, uh, I don't know what it is, but I'm, I honestly then thank God for podcasts for bringing people together and writing yeah. this social wrong. That yeah. And I mean, I might start a podcast specifically for that purpose. That's not bad. Just call it, Hey, want to hang out? Yeah. On my podcast. That's actually not a bad idea. And there's no, I don't recording. know how many, I don't think, but that, I don't think anybody's going to listen to it. No one's going to give a shit, but that's not the point. It's not the point. That's not it's the for point. Me. It's yeah. the world's most selfish podcast. Well, I think this is basically, no one's going to give a shit about this, but like now I get to hang out with friends. No, I think people will give it this. You get two birds, one stone. Yeah. I actually hate that phrase. You get, you get to feed two birds with one seed. 
is how I like to spin that. Yeah, a but that bit. bird, the, both those birds are kind of hungry. Want to eat? Come on, you cheap bastard. Give the birds are like, seed. I would rather die. Yeah, yeah. Get, go split a seed with this card. One single seed. Come on, you cheap Jesus. dick. Okay, well, maybe it's a big seed. That's true. Maybe it's a coconut. That's not coconut well. is a seed, right? No, is that it's a probably seed? a nut. Hence the name, coca seed. A, a nut? Yeah. Or is it a fruit? Mm. Is that Man. technically a fruit? Well, I guess nuts are also fruit. I don't know how these, these things are things we'll Google later. Yeah, it's going to be fine. Yeah. Um, okay, so tell us some stuff, man. Well, how does this work? We talk about some terrible things. We talk about anything. Anything you want to. Um, like I was... I, I Okay. For example, when I was... Um, a while back, my, my, uh, my, mother, my mother died. I know. And, which is a bummer. It's horrible. But it's also one of those things that happened. But while she was, I would stay, I would spend like 14 hours a day in the hospital. And she had like, and I, it, we knew it was coming, but it happened faster than we were expecting. And it was just this exhausting period where you're sitting in the hospital every day and you're watching like the life slowly drain out of this woman that you love. And you can't really wrap your mind around it. It's like just everything's very heavy and you don't know what to do with that. And I, this was in Connecticut and I would sit in the hospital for 14 hours a day and then at night, I would either go and get drunk with my stepdad until we like get drunk enough that we could sleep for four hours before we came back into the hospital, mm-hmm. or I would go out with a 22-year-old hairdresser that I met in Connecticut, and we would also get drunk, and then it was like I was 16 because I would go get drunk with her and then get hand jobs in my stepdad's car. <laughs> so it was like I had like the heaviest, most oh, adult man. shit, and then this like uh, Where was your delightful... stepdad on hand job night? Oh, he was, he, he was, was driving. driving. He was driving. <laughs> no, but it was like this weird dichotomy of like, it was great because it was like this catharsis, not just in like the, but in also the fact that it was just something that wasn't heavy because you need that occasionally. Yeah, you need like I some mean, sort of release. You know, I don't know how funny that is, but it was funny to me. It well, felt weird. You know what My it life is, was like a Jonathan that, Tropper novel. Is that what we're, I mean, I think that's probably a universal thing, but you don't ever really get to hear anybody talk about how they balance out the, the really horrible things with just mindless or funny or, mm-hmm. you know, because here's something I've always wanted to figure out and you can help me with this. It's like, sure. you know, when I have a friend who goes through something really horrible, like their mother dying, um, I don't, I, it affects me so deeply. I empathize so deeply, so much so that I don't even know what I could say that could be of any sort of service. And I know, like, I don't, I don't know how how much somebody wants to talk about it. How much is like like do you want your friends to just help just draw out the dialogue and kind of just just kind of squeeze all the juice out of it so that everything you feel like you need to say is said or is it something that it's like, you know, let's not bring it up right now so that we can just, you know, just I don't, talk about something else. I don't about. know. I mean, I think I think everybody's different. I think I am a, a pretty relatively emotionally open person I don't mind being vulnerable right but I'm also Hence I think this podcast yeah very emotional. yeah but I also am not somebody who is uh, 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 likes to be um, what is even the word for it I kind of like I tend to process things like by myself like sometimes I think when I'm going through something I, I am like a sick dog who like goes underneath the house to die like I just like sometimes like to like well you are a master of like you can put on an amazing, I wouldn't say front because I don't think it's like an authentic, inauthentic thing, mm-hmm. but you can, you can, you know, what's the word? I don't want to be insensitive to females by saying man up, but whatever is the sure. gender neutral phrase, if you can human up. 
human up. Um, and be like, all and right. just soldier on. I'm going to soldier on. There yeah. we go. That's Stiff that. upper lip and all that. Well, um, yeah. I mean, I think, I think people uh, are different. Some people want to process exclusively by like downloading and by talking. Other people are uh, adverse to that. Like for me, like um, I, it was nice to just like, it was always sweet when people would just be like, check in. Yeah. That's nice to be like just that check in, yes. you know? And sometimes you sometimes. It's a little ping of like, hey, people love you. Yeah. I think that's sometimes enough. Sometimes it's like, it's that it becomes like overwhelming. Like I just want to go back to normalcy and mm-hmm. not be reminded of this. So it's like, it's, I don't know. There's so many unknown variables. Everybody is different. And I'm sure there's How do you also... process? Well, <clears throat> let's see. I mean, I, I don't, I mean, not a lot of people really know about certain, you know, personal aspects that are going on in my life, whatever things that might be negative. Like the, fra- the freshest thing going on right now is that my mother has been diagnosed with Alzheimer's and we've been kind okay. of knowing that this was probably what, what, what was cooking for the past 10 years. And it's, and I finally just watched Still Alice on an airplane. And it's first really- off, you cry watching anything on an airplane. Oh yes, this is supercharged. Yeah, I I cried watching. What was the movie where they all the 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 robots fighting each other, like the Godzilla fighting you have to be Godzilla? More specific here, Steve. This Anyways, is a, this uh, you cried. I, yeah, I cried at stupid shit. As I'm saying, you're yeah. crying anything on an airplane. Yeah, yeah. And I, then you're also the traveling pants had me just bawling. Oh, you forget about it. Those pants fit every single girl, and they're all <laughs> di- wildly different sizes. It doesn't make sense. I mean, the magician in me was like, "How are these no, pants yeah, made?" Yeah, it's amazing. Um, so. So yeah, so that's this big thing, but but it's 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 hard because with this, the Alzheimer's is that it's such a slow burn, mm-hmm. and that it pings you like on kind of a different level because she, she looks the same. Yep. She's getting up in the morning and putting on pants and going out and on her daily business, but like gradually over the past ten years, it's just been like little changes where. What are those little? What are the things that felt like that were red flags or just felt like something is off? Yeah. Well, you know. I think we all hit this time where uh, when we go home for Thanksgiving, like after college, and we're like, Mom, Mom. Like, I remember there was this time, maybe, you know, after college going home, and for the first time where I felt like, wow, like my mom's just just a, a person who yeah. I'm like hanging out with as a person. Yeah. Who's emotional and crying about things and who's. And that's an interesting thing, just like a dynamic shift between like you become peers as opposed to less. Like all this struggle that. She and my father and I guess every grown up mm-hmm. has that we just never see as kids or are so self absorbed that we don't notice. Or protected from it. Protected from yeah. it or, you know, like just that they try to not let us be bothered with. Eventually as you're a grown up you become more apparent you know, aware of those things. So every time you know, you go home and I, I know there was just first that shift of getting to know my dad as a as a just a flawed man who who taught me so many great things, but also I'm grateful that I'm able to discern the things that I don't want to inherit and carry on. And then my mother just going out with her, having fun with her, just being like a person. Mm-hmm. I was like, wow, I can party with my mom. Yeah. But then also gradually she, I mean, there's the little things, obviously just forgetting what what I just told her. Or, mom, I'm going to, what are you doing this weekend? I'm going to go to New York. I've got a show. Cool. You know, five minutes later. So are you, you're in LA this weekend? No, no, no. I'm going to New York. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do a show. So just yeah. these little things. That I'm, I do, I'm sure we all do normally, is little brain farts, but it, then it those becomes little, a, a But those little things are hard. I've, my, the closest uh, that I've dealt with Alzheimer's was my grandmother, and she was much older, but mm-hmm. it was, there was a point in time where I felt, uh, and this is not, I'm not uh, paralleling this to your experience at all, but there was a point in time, she was also 85. So like things were slowing down in general. Right. But it'd be, 
I felt I was starting to feel guilty because I didn't want to call her as much. I used to call her like at least once a week, mm-hmm. and I started not want to call her because it was really hard to talk to her. Um, and then I felt like an asshole for like I felt guilty because I'm not calling her, and I should call her because this time is precious. But it was like harder. Mm-hmm. Um, that is totally tangential, but like it's it those but those things even though small at some point. They they stick with you. They, well, because once you know that that it, that it's because of a big thing, even the li- you start to become hyper alert, and then it's just like her f- forgetting that she, or what I told her to pick up at the st- you know I'm, right. what I pick, told her to pick up at the store, like those little brain farts remind you that there's a, a big darkness lurking. Right. And she's 69 now. She was diagnosed at 68. You know, after the symptoms started, you know, 59, 60 years old, it started as that whole. Uh, uh, you know, cognitive uh, impairment, you know, thing, which is like what they just called, you know, Alzheimer's light. Like, yeah. we know there's something here, but it's not showing up sure. on paper yet. Um, and now it's, I gotta say, like, there are little beams of sunshine in there. And that, you know, my, my fiance, Jillian, she and I have been together for two years. We're getting married in September. She has never messed up her name or missed, like, she, she, there are certain things that just beam her up. Uh, talking to me on the phone lights her up. Talking right. to my sister on the phone. Talking, hearing about Jillian. Talking to Jillian on the phone. Like there are these things that light her up, and that, that are these anchors that I were like, "Wow, this is new information. This is somebody you met with met within the past mm-hmm. two years, and you've never flubbed it up. You've never called her right. an ex girlfriend's name. You've never, you know, she'll sometimes call me Bob. That's my dad's sure. name. Like these little things, but like everybody does that though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but these, but but like certain certain new pieces of information I cherish that that okay, you know. She's still there. Yeah. But here's the thing. She's, you know, she was a brilliant interior designer for years. And, um, you know, someone with all this massive amount of creativity who, who then, you know, it's not that the creativity is gone. Like the ability to create is still there. But the organizational, keeping up with your appointments, being able to, you know, she can't, she can't run her business anymore. Mm-hmm. And I can just see that there's this torment because she just knows, like, you know, the smarter and more brilliant a person is just like Juliana, Julian Moore and... Yeah. And still Alice, like the the more there's just more to lose. Yeah. And when there's more to lose, you're gonna lose chunks really quick. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's it's hard. And that's I, I can only I mean I can't imagine, but I the the, the most comfortable thing with my mom, uh, she was diagnosed with, with stage four cancer and she was given a timeline of like a year and a half, two years. Mm-hmm. Um, and like what you said, like it she looks the same. Mm-hmm. I mean she when she was going through chemo, she like looked a little bit smaller. Um, but she was the same person. So to like, you know, externally, you, this is, everything's the same. Everything is, is as, is as it's always been. But to, you've, sometimes it's easy to forget that there's like this other thing happening internally, mind and emotionally and. Yeah. Cancer it, and, and Alzheimer's, they're, I mean, they're both invisible. They're both in there, but you're like your mother, you guys were able to have alert, very clear conversations yes. till the very end. Yeah. Yeah, except for like the last, you know, you know, a week where she was not super uh, um, reactive to things. But how accurate was that one and a half years that they gave you? Uh, almost, it, almost spot on. Really? Which the bizarre thing was because she, so she passed on December eighteenth this past year, and um, she came out to visit me the end of October, and. I had, I actually I felt bad because I was I had like a cold I felt like like a little cold flu thing when she was here, so like we didn't do that much but I felt like I was hindering her like I was holding her back, 
because from from fully just just like doing other things. And she was like, "It's fine, it's fine. We can do it. I don't care." I was mm-hmm. like, "I'm happy because she's been here a million times." But that was, you know, she it was a month and a half before or two months before she passed, and she was out here, and we went out to she dinners, and we had drinks, was, and yeah, wow. it was a whole thing. So it felt like looking at that woman, I was like, "You've got, you've got all the time." You're gonna be fine. When you're, you're in that, out of here. when you're in that time, mm-hmm. do you behave as if you you know that let's make take advantage of every minute here, or do you say let's just try to be as just normal as possible right now? I think that's it. I think yeah. it's. The, I think for me it was more of the um, of the latter, just because the former is so huge. I mean, you'd be bawling all the time. Yeah, you I can't wrap your mind around it. It's exhausting. Constantly trying to just reminisce and rem- and and think about the fact that this is. And also, nobody wants to do that. It's like it's it's as much as like you. It's like morose, and it's you can't really. You're not focusing on the present if you're just only focusing on the future and the past. And like, let's take advantage of like, let's create as many new memories and like mm-hmm. enjoy the. I don't know. I mean, it's hard to be present when you're healthy. So like, it's another thing to do it when you're not. Sure. I don't know. I mean, I think it was for me. It was more the latter. It was me more just like let's proceed as normal as opposed to and i imagine her for her was probably the the same too i imagine that she wanted to just leave you with the most positive yeah steady memories and yeah i think well here's here's the thing now so when was your mother diagnosed um she was just diagnosed a year ago okay with that official diagnosis that we all knew was a thing right yeah but the official but like when it's official that's that changes things well it changes things i mean like my dad have you met my dad once briefly i think he's an interesting character you know he's what is he 71 or so he's a retired marine was an airline pilot uh war hero but now and but now he's just kind of like he's morphed into this he's morphed into Jack Nicholson in about Schmidt, huh? Like that, almost like almost looks like him now for some right. reason. Just this curmudgeonly kind of strange, and and now this whole burden of taking care of my mom is on my dad, and it's a massive burden. Like when I go home, it's it's kind of exhausting. You know? Right. My mom, you know, part of Alzheimer's is you have these mood swings that come out of sure. frustration, and you then you have to kind of you don't want to upset everyone that you can't remember what they said, so you start lying and pretend like it's yeah. a, it's a whole thing. And my dad has to carry that weight and handle her medication. All That's that. a lot. Um, uh, what brought me to this point? Hold on, I got into this uh, because the diagnosis. Yeah, the diagnosis. But for my dad, he didn't really take it one hundred percent serious. Like that something really big was coming until that diagnosis. Well, my sister yeah. and I knew, like, this is a, a foregone conclusion. You need to take this seriously. Yeah. Well, it's easier to act that way, right? It's easier to be like, it's nothing, it's nothing, it's nothing, until somebody I guess. because that's. As much that may be somewhat you're in denial, but it's also perhaps like a form of optimism. Like mm-hmm. if I don't really, like if I don't really address it head on, then maybe it's not a thing. I can will this into being things are normal. Right. So they the diagnosis started a new chapter for us as a family, like treating this seriously. And I, you know, my parents don't use technology at all. Like mm-hmm. they don't even have smartphones. They have regular flip phones and stuff. And I, my dad has his has a secretary who sends his real estate emails and stuff. My mom has no no use for it's just they've never right. they missed the cusp they were too old for it. i don't know why they never did right so i thought like okay wouldn't it maybe it would help my mom in terms of creating these new memories and just keeping in touch i wanted to get her an ipad or something mm-hmm. like i want her to be able to sure she doesn't see facebook she doesn't see instagram she doesn't see all the stuff happening in my life and people's life i just thought that would i don't know some stimulation yeah some, so a little bit more i'll <laughs> just be more in touch in general you think so i sent them i sent her an <laughs> ipad and 
uh, like honestly, like I I don't think I've ever been more sad, like angry, just frustrated, like helpless than when right. I was trying to talk my mom through how to use the iPad over the phone. Um, well, that's like a frustrating endeavor for for you're, anybody. You're you're you come from a family, all your you know your your parents they were all very dialed in. Yes. My dad is retarded when it comes to. It, it, does he have a Facebook? Uh, I think he does. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't know. They. I think he he like he has an iPhone. He, I think he likes the iPhone because anytime he has a question, he just uses Siri. He doesn't know how to use anything on it. He thinks he's like he he thinks his email. He only has. I can't get to my email because it's at his work computer. Uh, got it's it. only on his work computer. So he's not down. My mom was the opposite. My mom was texting. She was like right. all over Facebook. My mom doesn't text. So I, I was like, Mom, uh, we got a new puppy. I emailed you a picture. Oh, how do I see that? Mm-hmm. Okay. Take out the iPad. Okay. And you're going to open it. And I'm like, okay, shit. Okay, you're going <laughs> to push the button. Uh-huh. And she's like, what? I don't see a button. There's not a bu- yeah, there's no button. I buttons. know it's very sleek. It's very yep. hidden. But yep. there's just one button, Mom, as I'm popping a Xanax and drinking wine, yep. trying to calm down. Yeah, of course. There's one button, and it's in the bottom and the middle. And she's like, I'm, there's not a, there's a little round button, bottom and middle. No. Was, she's like, there's a button in the top middle. It's like, okay. You're turn, holding it upside down. There you down, go. Turn yep. it over. <laughs> Push the button. Swipe, the, swipe your finger. It's like it was, it was too much for it to take in. Like, I... Could, couldn't get it to work. And yeah. Plus, once you're in, you're in the mail app. I was like, I'm just gonna mail you a picture of yep. the puppy. And I kind of, I, she still has the iPad, but I, it's very frustrating to me that at, at this point, like I really want them to try to take advantage of some, some new things that'll help us keep in touch. But uh, maybe that's too much to ask. Yeah. Know. Well, I mean, it's because the instinct is you want to change things. You want to change behavior. You want to like spend more time. You want to, you know, do the iPad so that helps us keep in touch more. But it's hard because you've established these you already have your your, your creatures of habit, yes. you know, and 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 also at some point like I imagine that's probably also difficult for her because she's trying to hold on to the things that she already knows and putting new things right. in there is Learning also some new yeah. thing is very difficult. Yeah, I got her a paint painting set for Christmas because I thought maybe that's hey like, you're, let's you're just a, get some you know hell you're a great son and I went home just what is this now it's been five months later and it was mm-hmm. unopened untouched yeah. and um, yeah is that's 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 it's a kick in the pants because you you you're trying you feel helpless and you're trying to do things yeah. and then it's not received well because they say that 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 creative part of the brain you know the artistic is. I mean, I've never heard it from a doctor, but I've heard people say that it's the last, you know, with Alzheimer's, it's the last to go. And I just thought, right. I just thought there must be some sort of expression in there that wants to get out, that can't get out, and this would be a great way to do it. So I'll keep pushing that. But it's very frustrating being away. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure for you, it's frustrating with your mom. You're on the West Coast. She's in the East Coast. You know, my mom's in St. Louis. I'm here in L.A. And you know, my sister has to deal with the brunt of the day-to-day of just the confusion, and I kind of get this candy-coated yeah. version, which isn't really fair. So, anyway. Yeah, I mean, that's there's a lot of guilt entwined with all of that, right? Because you want to spend more time, and you want to, you feel, you want to be able to shoulder more of the burden, but then also your life is not that. And I don't want to, like, when I go home for four or five days, like, I don't like that after three days, I... You know, I start to get frustrated. So yeah. frustrating, you know, d- dealing with that and dealing with my dad and, and my dad and my mom, their new dynamic that I 
have never seen and don't really approve of the way he does this and she does that and want to chime in, but who the hell am I to chime right. in? I'm not there. So I, I feel guilty being having even thinking I have the right to be upset, yet I also feel guilty not being around. So... Yeah, but it, yes, I mean, well, yes, everything is guilt laden, <laughs> like everything, because it's just a shitty situation, and you just always want to do better. But there's even if you were, even if you were doing all the things that you wanted to, you'd still feel you want to do more. Yeah. But it doesn't marginalize or negate the way that you're feeling. You're like you know, you still have, you still feel upset about things, or you still feel angry about things, and those are all valid feelings. Yeah, I mean, and all these, it's with Alzheimer's. I guess it's it's all so difficult because it is so you know, invisible and so just this nuanced. And my dad is not nearly as charming as Alec Baldwin, which... Yeah, well, that's... I mean, who's whose dad is? Part, might be the worst part yeah. of the whole thing. <laughs> so what... What do you... How do you want to move forward? Do you know? With that stuff? Just in general, yeah. With, um, with... Well, with, with that part of my life, I think the advice I've been given is to... Um, Create as many new memories as you can. Encourage them to take trips, come visit, do things. Uh, ask them as many questions of all these things that you've always wanted to ask them that you never asked them. Tell me again, where? Are, tell me where's our family from? Where our great 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 grandfather? Tell me about your mom. Tell me about how did you guys meet? Like yeah. and so, like this last time I saw them a couple weeks ago, they came to see me do a show in Florida, and I, I asked them to tell me how they met, which I can't believe I never even asked them. Isn't that crazy? How did you guys meet? Dad, what was it like introducing mom to your parents? Mom, when did they first meet dad? You know, like, what was all that like? Like, this no-brainer stuff. The stuff that we all know about each other. Um, the fact that I, after 34 years, didn't know that about my parents was preposterous. So that was yeah. great. Um, and then I find, like, asking, tell, having them tell these stories gets my dad all choked up and emotional. And it's interesting hearing the things that he's hesitant to share and the things that he's willing to share. Like, yeah. it's just interesting hearing how... These people who raised you treat uh, their past, you know, and it's yeah. amazing how ignorant I've been of their past because I've been so concerned with my present, you know. Well, and it's also like you forget that your parents had lives before you. Yeah. You know, like that's how you've known them. So that's like, that's, it's like, it was amazing to me to think of like one point. I remember when I turned 30 mm -hmm. and I just remember thinking that, oh, my parents were my age when they had me. Or like when I turned, you know, 23 and like both my parents were married once before they married each other mm -hmm. I was like oh, they both of them were both of them wow yeah they both they have six so they met as divorcees no they met they were like working together and they like they used to have the two couples mom's couple and dad's couple used to like hang out together mm -hmm. and then both those things went south and then they got yeah, together amazing. and then that went south but they have six marriages between them wow but yeah only one kid so they they broke the mold wow uh, but like yeah, I remember just being. Those are the things like that. You're when you get to a place where your parents were that age. When you when you were the age, because I remember when my dad was young. He, every story was like a joke. It was like I was just about your age, and he would tell some story. Mm -hmm. But then when you get when you have more consciousness, you're older. When I was like 23, it's like oh fuck, both my parents were married when I'm this age now. Uh, wow. And it just humanizes them. Like it brings you back. Like oh, I thought that it seemed so unattainable, but now I am that age, and the stories that they told me are. I can't imagine doing the things that they did. Yeah, the fact that they've already done, they they had done that and been divorced yeah. before right now, and remarried. Yeah, it's crazy. It's almost like when we're when we're little kids and we ask our parents these just curious, wide-eyed questions that we're not ready for the answers for. They kind of like give us their little stalling sure. answers. And then you know we're high school. Then you're off to college. And then after college, like. We're so busy with 
it's, it's sad. Like we're, 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 we forgot to ever get those real answers yeah. to, to those things, those basic things, you yeah. know? And I, th- I think that's fair, but I was, there was, I think it's great that you're doing that and that's great advice and I think eat up as much as you can. I was and it's, with, it's really, a, I mean, obviously I like, I'm sure they enjoy telling the stories, but it's really just selfish for me to try to just piece it together, soak it all up and, yeah. and not have any regrets later that I didn't act, I think, take advantage of every moment I had to. I think that's fantastic because I remember the first time it occurred to me was it occurred to me like on some level but when my mom was in the hospital like the last like four or five days she was unresponsive she was there and I could I could like her eyes would be open sometimes I could tell she was seeing me but she was not talking Um, and I was talking to her this whole time you could see response in the eyes I mean, I don't know if it's just me projecting, but I felt like I could. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I would talk to her, and I felt like she was there. Like, awake, she was eyes there. were open, sleep, eyes were shut. Yeah, well, no, I mean, her eyes were always kind of open. It was it was a bizarre and kind of heartbreaking thing to see, but I felt like when I got in her gaze mm-hmm. that she could, she, could, she could hear me. She was mm-hmm. digesting what I was saying. But uh, I, was, so I was talking to her throughout this whole period, just like, you know, asking her questions and just like saying, you remember, like talking, recounting old stories and just like trying to like... As, for, as much for me for for me as it was for her, but like talking about like when we used to take road trips when we were a kid. You remember this time, and her one sister was there, and I remember one time saying, uh, "What well, was talking about what her, the first apartment she lived in?" And I thought I knew where it was, but I didn't. And then I asked her sister, and her sister wasn't sure. And I had this moment of like, "Fuck!" If her sister doesn't know, and I don't know, yeah, I'm just never gonna. There's like these all these like dark spots that I just don't know and I'm not going to and that was like a moment of like heaviness that I just like I wish I would have taken I wish I would have had the foresight to like I was so focused on just being like in the present and like being normal but to not freak her out or myself out but I wish I would have done a little bit more of this filling those things in partially selfishly but also just like know you better yeah and you know the 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 funniest terrible realization I had with my mom was probably like a year ago when I went from just like hilarious to like holy fuck like she I missed some calls from her and I remember playing this for Jill I had two voicemails from my mom 15 minutes apart and there was a voicemail where she's like hey honey it's your mommy super positive uh-huh. she's like so we were just watching on the news and there's coyotes loose in the Hollywood Hills like you should make sure you bring the dogs in uh, let me know you got this but yeah coyotes <laughs> and then 15 minutes later the next voicemail I played it she goes hey honey it's your mom listen we just watched the news there's coyotes loose in the Hollywood Hills just call me have you heard of this call me and but with no I like there mm-hmm. was no like um, I, she's called it again because she thought I didn't get the message it was the most so we heard the first message and I played it, it was like we were like that's hilarious mm-hmm. oh, that's adorable and then immediately the next message and was like Oh uh, fuck! Oh shit! That's, uh, that's that's it. Got real. That's that's no bueno. <clears throat> yeah. Anyway, in the end, there were coyotes loose. There's everywhere. coyotes everywhere. It turns out coyotes yeah. everywhere. Does, does his mom know that? Now, I guess or they still? were so loose that it made the news in San oh, Louis. Oh, like they were like relaxed. It made they were the just n- fucking chill coyotes. <laughs> They're just like, what's up, bro? Stoner beatnik coyotes. Yeah. Well, you know, hot, they have, they got their cards. Uh-huh. They all got their marijuana cards. And uh-huh. They're just fucking loose. Jeez, that's true. Yeah. Loose coyotes. So, is there something? In all this, is where do you find is there, is there like a silver lining? Is there like a, a is, where do you find the levity into this? Does that does that help you at all? Like looking for like trying to make light of it, or is it just like you're you're in it, so it's hard to process that? Well, I think um, 
I don't know. I love watching a movie that makes me cry. I love feeling. I love hearing real shit, mm-hmm. and a real shit's often painful. I love. Um, I just lo- I feel like that's the stuff that reminds you that you're alive and you had this human experience, and I feel like, you know, that that the growth that happens through dealing with that, the self-realization, the learning about, you know, me and, me and my sister connecting on a new level as we bond and figure out a way as siblings to uh, make the most of watching our mother kind of drift away and, and trying to figure out how to, you know, not turn on our father. Like, these things, like, it, it, it would almost be boring without any sort of pieces of pain. And <clears throat> obviously, moderation is key. You've had a, a, an excessive dose of that in the past couple of years sure. and, um, <clears throat> but I I'm grateful for it but I've I mean I'm very also very grateful that I haven't experienced you know an overwhelming amount an overwhelming amount mm-hmm. um, I like to think that I would be able to rise to the occasion but I know I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about until I experience it nobody does lose somebody who I love um, you know have my health uh go to a place where I don't know how I can, what's going to happen. Like right. I've, I have never gotten to that point. <clears throat> so I'm, you know, speaking from the, the sunny side of the street, but, uh, but I, I just, I like to think that those are the things that make a life a life. And, and, uh, and it, and those are the things definitely that make me more grateful and, um, cherishing of the time I get with my mom and my parents. And, uh, hopefully I get as much as that as I can. And, um, yeah, I feel like those, those are the things that, that can br- bring people to connect on a human level and, um, you know, know that we're not alone and we can support each other and, yeah. Yeah, everything yeah. you're going through is fucking hard. It's always going to be hard, but, like, a lot of people have done it before you. You, if, you'll get through it. As I sip my Negra Modelo. Yeah, well, from a fancy <laughs> glass, too. From a fancy glass. <laughs> yeah, we're doing okay. <laughs> if we're white and live in America, we're doing all <laughs> Alcoholics right. Alcoholics never drink yeah, their no, booze from right. fine, mm-hmm. fine China. No. Um, well, I think that's pretty good, man. That was really good. I really appreciate you talking to me. Um, I love what this is about. I love what you're doing, and I think uh, levity in 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 the really dark times and figuring out a way to turn it into something that listeners I'm sure will identify with and feel, you know, feel soothing from is, is a really positive way to, uh, well, yeah, I mean, I, turn I, it into something. I know I, I do it like I soldier on and use sarcasm and, mm-hmm. and self-deprecation as a, a means of deflect deflection. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of people do that and it's just nice to like occasionally like, Let's well, talk about something you do more it, than but, just. But I can. But it's never. There's never like uh, me as a friend. I never see any sense of denial. It's like Steve being Steve. But you ask him questions, you're gonna get the real. You sure. Know? It's it's still right there. But he's. I mean, I, I. In a sense, you probably use the sarcasm to just take the edge off of it for us, right. for the people around you. To, yes. So they make don't it. think that. Hey, listen. I'm, I'm okay. Yeah. You know? Joke, joke, joke. Yeah. If we want to talk, we'll talk. But. Don't you feel like you need to tiptoe? Yeah. So that's a good thing. That is a good thing. Thank you for that. That's a good for all of us. Yeah. All right. Love you, buddy. Love you too, buddy. Thank you so much, my man. Well, that was fun. That was uh, uh, 
trying but fun. Thank you so much to Justin Woman for uh, for talking to us. It was a good time. Um, if you want to hear more of what Justin's up to, see you can follow him, go see him his show, see him do some mind bending uh, magic, all that nonsense. You can see him on Twitter at Justin underscore Wilman. You can also see us on Twitter at terribly underscore funny. We both have underscores because apparently Justin Wilman and Terribly Funny all together were taken. Uh, you can also email us if you want to at terriblyfunnypodcast at gmail.com. We tried to get uh, Zune.com, but it was taken. Um, Zune, is that a thing? I don't know. Zoom Internet. That's the reason I said that is because my stepmother has Zoom Internet. That's her, G- that's her email. I've never heard that before in my life. But it makes sense. It feels like appropriate that, in, that a stepmother would have her email that's Zoom Internet. It sounds fake. It sounds like from a 90s movie. But I digress. Uh, thank you so much for listening today. I really appreciate it. We're going to have more of these in the future. We're talking to more funny people about genuinely some real garbage that's happened in their life. And we'll have a laugh. We'll have a cry. We'll uh, probably be a little bit tipsy. Uh, thanks to Brendan McFadden for making all this happen. To Julia Pod for doing the icon thingy on the iTunes page. And for King to Flying Club for doing the background music. Uh, you guys, you guys, you guys go have a good day. Treat yourself, you know what I mean? Live a little. All right.